Hey, welcome to Crippled System episode uh, 330. My name is Andy. My name's Nathan. Brian! I'm Nigel, and I play Kador. Hey! I had to get mine in fast to make sure I didn't like, talk over anybody. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the problem with these these type of audio recordings here, is nobody knows when to go next. Well, we just did an alphabetical order. We did. Brian's name starts with a silent N. Yeah. So it was N-A, then N-B, then N-I. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you're N-D, which is almost like N-D, but with an N instead. Mm-hmm. 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 So we got, uh, we got Adepticon coming up in about a month and a half. At least I think it's a month and a half. Or is it next month? Or a month, month and ten days? Something like that? Has anybody got that on their schedule? It's like, it's like a mile. I, well, six I, I weeks. About six weeks away. Six, six weeks. Mm-hmm. Legitimate time frame. Are all three of you going or just two of you going? Two of us at least. Yeah, two for sure. I'm not sure if Nathan is going at all. I plan on going. I haven't bought my ticket because since I didn't buy my ticket the nanosecond the website opened, it became irrelevant when I bought my ticket. Yeah. But I mean, you, if you're just going to hang out, if you're not going to game, you can just like go hang out. Not, I mean, I guess you could get buy a ticket, but I usually just if I go down for a day, I don't. Yeah, and that's kind of I was trying to figure out what I would even buy a ticket for, because I don't know that I would run, I would be in any events or anything. I'd probably just chill with people and maybe play some board games. I could rope <laughs> you into helping me with who's the boss. Yeah, but do I need a ticket to help with that? I don't know. I mean, do I need to pay for the privilege of working? Because guess what I'll say if you ask me to pay for the privilege of working. Thank you, may I have another. Mm-hmm. But Nathan, you get exposure. Yeah. You get, you get... <laughs> exposure of the, the types that you don't want. Yeah. 41 days, 13 hours, 19 minutes, and 40 seconds as of that second. As of March 23rd. As of this recording. Yes. No, I actually know when you're going to post. I know when people are going to listen. That mm-hmm. was actually different for everybody who listened, and it was accurate for each of them. And if mm. they go back and listen again, it'll be accurate again. Mm. I think the first con I'm actually going to go to will be Origins. It'll be the first actual convention I set foot in. Is that in July, or is it? Or is that? It'll be, uh, it'll be June. Okay, I didn't know it's if they changed. I didn't know if they changed it because uh, I think Origins last year was in August. I want to say they push it back. Well, they push it, but they push it back because of COVID. But normally they try to do June. It's been June every year, but last year, well, they canceled the one year completely. Then last year it was. Yeah, at least the the July. numbers appear to be going down. So I'm just I'm... yeah, it's it'll be my first chance. I'll, I'll probably be my first time I actually get vacation from work. So I'm very much looking forward to it. You're taking a vacation to Texas. Well, that's a, 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 a nice trip. relaxing trip. Yeah, nice relaxing 19 hour drive, and then work down there for for the weekend and come back. You're so lucky. Yeah, I, it, the the 19 I hour mean, drive is 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 a little much. Yeah, I mean it's just like uh you know a 10 hour drive, but just you know twice as long. <laughs> just think of it at one day at a time. So given that, you know, theoretically a workday is eight hours, you should get two and a half days to drive down there. I will be taking a work – I will have to be taking one – where I will full work day as a travel day, but no more than that. I could theoretically sneak a bit more out, but because I'm driving, I, I mean, they're paying for all the hotels and the gas, so I can, I'm using a company. It's not like the end of the world. 
They could have paid for a damn plane ticket. They could have. They, they, they would have. They could have, but uh, I don't. I don't think Brian wanted to to actually fly yet. Yeah, I'm not going in a plane for no a private for, jet. For a, for a couple, <laughs> right. I'm not going. In, I'm not going in a plane for three. For three. COVID is just one of the three reasons. But I don't mind. I don't mind driving. Yeah. 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 I'm excited, but yeah, definitely gonna be fun for for those going down there. I I mean I like Adepticon was fun. I mean I enjoy. I I like to go down and see the people, but I mean. For me, I would just drive down three hours in a day, hang out for a couple hours, and go home. I wouldn't stay more. I, I can't. Unfortunately, my work would be too busy for me to like take time off to actually go down like on a Friday or a Thursday. Or whenever, whenever it starts, I don't know. All these things. Uh, I think it's a Thursday is when when things start kicking off. It might even be something on Wednesday night too. It might be because it's saying the twenty third through the twenty seventh. Which, if the twenty seventh is Sunday, then 26, 25, 24, 23, Yeah, that's a Wednesday. Yeah. Usually Wednesday nights you can you can get your badge, you can kind of prep and get ready for stuff. I mean that's pretty common. Yep. What about I, you, Nigel? You making the trip? You got a booth? I got a booth. Yeah, it's gonna be nice. I paid for my booth before COVID, so it's like it finally gets to happen. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. I paid for my ticket two Adepticons ago. I should still have one. I'm actually shocked that they didn't have a because like in that Adepticon they were like you can get a refund or you could be like shrug you know like they gave people yeah. the option to be cool mm-hmm. and a lot of people took it a lot of people were like ah screw it you know it's, times are weird and uh, but then yeah it's like it would have been cool if they had a program of like we'll forward your ticket to the next event you know or even just give us like first dibs to yeah. like rebuy like for the VIP badges and stuff yeah like you know I wasn't necessarily expecting anything when I just gave them however much money that ticket cost me. Yeah. Still would have been nice. Holy yeah. shit. I didn't realize what they're charging for who's the boss. I was... Just mm. uh, $300. <laughs> 10% of that. Yeah. 30 uh, bucks to play in who's the boss? Yeah. Yeah, I... I uh... Don't they provide like trophies for everyone though? Too. I mean, I remember that was one of the things I had. I mean, I've thrown away all my all my stuff from War Machine. I don't. It's all in trash now. But I, I kept the Adepticon stuff the longest because it was actually really nice. The prize they give you, and that they I think they supply everyone who runs events those prizes. So that's just part of the cost. Is yeah, you get like nice trophies or nice plaques or whatever. Yeah, and I I think a lot of their events, every single person, every attendee gets something. So like. I know for 40k, everybody gets like a set of object, like 40 mil objective markers or like coins, or they bake in all these weird giveaways to everything. Yeah, that's true too. Hmm. I'll have to, I'll have to ask about that. It seems uh, kind of expensive, but uh, who's yeah. the boss? Uh, just for any of you that don't know, is if you listen to this podcast, you should probably know because we do talk about it a few times. It is a you build an army that's going to be 50 points plus 30 battle group points, um, but you don't have a caster. Uh, you build your army as if you had a caster. So, like, if you're... Uh, I believe we're also not doing any theme forces um, besides operating theater is the only one because that's that's uh, the only way you can kind of take those type of troops in there. Um, but, yeah... Uh, and then you spin a wheel and you get a new caster that every single turn every single round that is sorry <laughs> not not turn 
A lot of fun. But apparently, according to Andy, it's not worth $30. Uh, it's it's worth <laughs> it. I mean, we there's like seven people on it right now, so there's a lot of time for, for people to get in there. It I, is a lot of fun. I mean, I spend 30 bucks to go to a shitty movie, you know, so it's 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 worth it to have a lot of fun at an event. It's, it's been a few years since I've officially actually ran a Who's the Boss. I think it's probably been about four, maybe five years. Um, it feels like it's been 10 years since I ran an event, but for Who's the Boss, um, mainly because the last two years before COVID lockdown, I was uh, dabbling in, in uh, some other game involving guilds and balls. And then I broke it, and then I, I killed that game. <laughs> How dare you? Because I was too competitive. Yeah. That, there's one thing we know about Andy. It's that he's way too competitive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You game-killing son of a bitch. Yeah. But, yeah, you should come on down to Adepticon. Come check out uh, Who's the Boss. Um, the, the rules I'll be posting fairly soon on there, but it, like I said, the basic rules are 50 points plus 30 points of battle group. Um, and that's that's pretty much it. Uh, during the day, you'll have like a, an achievement list to go through, uh, and that's basically how you'll earn your boss points. Um, it doesn't matter if you win or lose because boss points are that's that's how how I've made the game is it's not it's, it's not overly competitive. Based. Yeah, it's achievement based. So it's it, you know if you win all four of your games, somebody who's lost all of their games might actually get more boss points than you. So the whole thing is really about having fun and gaming the, the achievement point system. But yeah, I'm excited to, to bring it out again. I have a few casters. And it's playing on Wartable? Uh, I've been thinking about maybe try running it on Wartable as one of the, the scramblers that the Full Tilt guys have been running. Is maybe yeah, that'd be a legit, a legit format. I think it'd be pretty simple. I could, you know, I've got the the wheel set up with cameras in the basement. You can always just spin it and, you know, let's see how it goes. People made online who's the boss spinners. Yeah, but... I remember those. I mean, obviously, it's it's a lot. It's fun to have the in person giant wheel and spin it way too hard and watch Andy panic. But uh, you know, for the war table version, there there is something you could use if you wanted to to try it out yourselves at home. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and just uh, knowing the conversion rules and that, and how to make your warcaster into a warlock or your warlock into a warcaster. It's pretty simple. It's, it's the infernal ones are are probably a little bit more different. And then when the orgoth get added, that's going to be even more interesting. Depending on how they work, yeah. Because who knows? They might just use normal rules. Yeah, yeah. But uh, so it, it sounds like I mean Nigel's full full tilt back into uh, playing War Machines with uh, oh with yeah her boys. Yep. I played a couple you guys, games. You guys have dabbled a little bit. You guys did an event. You guys played a tournament. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was oh, that was uh, yeah. a while ago. Yeah, Andy played so sweaty, he almost got, uh, they almost had to cancel, they quit War Machine. They almost had yeah. to, like, Fucking try we're going to focus on other games like Riot Quest and stuff, because you guys are too competitive. 
So I think Brian has been talking about, or at least he's been list building and asking the questions and watching the war tables. Well, I would be interested. I mean, war table is interesting to me because a, I don't have to spend. I would, I would never, I would never spend one cent on war machine again, and I would never put a model on the table in that kind of format. But I mean, on war table, you can play online. You can play with. You can play with anything. You can just goof around. War table solves kind of a thing that happens, is like. A barrier of entry you'll hear people talk about and it's not even like the cost and the owning the models it's just the idea of like i'd have to dedicate way too much time to understand or see or play or experiment or you know like the war table just like because you don't have to like buy the model you don't have to prep it you don't assemble it you don't have to do anything you just if you have a stupid whimsical idea you can go play it and then quit after two turns when your buddy's like kicking your ass you're like oh i just gotta watch the dog and you just leave yeah <laughs> you'd have to repack all your models back in the foam you just hit the x button in the corner yeah, exactly. Yeah, you, you know, when you click on mod, you know exactly how far away and close everything is. No one, can, I mean, it, it takes away. It's, it's harder to cheat in a game like that because yeah, because I mean, I mean, I, I have come to the conclusion that all miniature games, regardless of what they are, are equally competitive one way or another. They, some claim they're more than others, but at the end of the day, you, you can you can do shenanigans in all these games. War table, you know, it, it takes away some of that shenanigans. Yeah. Yep, you don't have yeah, to worry about Yeah, the constant about... known distance. Like, you never know, you never have to worry if something was, you know, a sixteenth of an inch out of that charge range that end up deciding the game because you're trying to measure it with a fucking sextant and, and whatnot. It's just no finger no gods are going to come into play. Yeah. Well, the other thing is, like, no proxy. Like, if you've got a weird circuitous, like, I've got uh, an 11 inch walk because I've got some sort of, like, series of things that allows me to walk 11 inches around the cavalry, actually. And I'm walking around a building. You don't have to like put a proxy base down and then a proxy base and then a proxy base and a proxy base to like segment. It just like does it all for you. You can sit there and just like, and then a half inch and then a half inch and then a half inch. And then it's just adding the movement and it's like it's showing you. It's like leaving you the ghost impression of where you've been. Yeah. And you can undo it as well too. Yeah, you just undo it. You can like go through and fudge all stuff and yep. Um, it that does lead to some like kind of awkward things that people do where they like they'll pre-move like half their models and then pre-move half your models so like you just see this like big messy board of like things flying all over the place and then they undo all of it they just want to like they'll almost like fantasy play out a whole turn and then i hit the undo button and then you're, you're like, telling oh, okay. me that's a keith tactic i thought like a key, a key tactic. <laughs> no no it's just like a lot of like a fair amount of people is that i don't think keith actually necessarily does that that much oh. i have played against a few guys who have who do it and i'm like oh my god this is a you know uh, also, it's always weird because it's like you could just apply like basic logic, you know. Like yeah. if you move your model and you, you're within ten inches of them and they have like an eleven inch threat, you, you can just use your brain. You don't have to like pretend move their model. Oh man, they're way in. It's like the game's literally telling you you're ten inches away. And they, they're... <laughs> so they're they're basically like thinking like if they like pre killed you, so then they can actually go through where that yeah. that model was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Pre killed. That's a word I made up. That, yeah, it's a word now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I think uh, I think the full tilt guys are on their. Is this this is their second scrambler that they have scheduled going on right now? Yep. Yep. This is like a full sixteen people, I think. Or yeah, very yeah, close. Yeah, I think we're doing it. it's it's fourteen, um, and then we're just doing like a scrambler every month and adding more and more people, and 
uh, they might go to two pods or whatever. And it's like casual. So it's just you, every month you play three games and uh, then we move on to the next month and do another scrambler. And it's just so people can meet each other and get a community going. And... Yeah, they're pulling <clears throat> pulling people pretty much from all around the, the world here. There's a bunch of Australians in there. I think some uh, UK representatives, a lot of, a lot of old school, uh, you know, US based uh, war machine players. And that's yeah, if, pe if people are interested, you should reach out to the Full Tilt guys on Facebook or something to get in because it's kind of open. And if you want like high level, if you're just like ever interested in like, because like half of it at this point is like WTC players. It's like WTC England, WTC Australia, uh, WTC Can Canada. So it's like if you want to play against some pretty sharky meta guys. <laughs> But the great thing about doing it on War Table is, like, you if you play against some Australian or whatever, it's probably, like, 3 in the morning their time, and they're not going to be able to think. And that's a yeah. huge advantage. Yeah, totally, you totally line it up to... <laughs> and they don't get to do that the other way around, because we're Americans, so we win. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. The yeah. world has to cater to our time zones. Yeah. Yep. There's a lot of silence. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, I blame you. Uh, yeah, it's basically my fault. Uh, so, yeah. No, I've, I've played a couple games on that. Um, and then, and then uh, you yeah. know. Well, then you were a, a little B and you backed out of the second one. But maybe we'll get you in the third one. Yeah. Why'd well, you back out of the second one? We were we were, we were were list building together. Well, I mean, kind of. You sent me a list and I, I made comments. But, like, you know, you were all ready for it, Andy. I was. I was. I, I just, I just said. Uh, Super busy with work? No, I was more scared of the meta. <laughs> Who gives a shit? Not, not, not the meta, the, yeah. the podcast. Andy, but, but... That's the Andy that gets Guild Ball killed talking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not like you have to drive to an event. You don't have to spend a day. You know, like if you, if you owe an X in an online scrambler, who gives a shit? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. totally. You're just trying to play three games and. You, know. you invested nothing. You got the big one is you get to meet three people. So even if it is like WTC players and you just get bub stopped, you uh, got to meet three new dudes. And then also they're all just super cool. Like everybody's a great yeah. sport and having fun with it. You know. Well, yeah, I get, I definitely get that because I, I I watched a few of the games and that and just kind of hobbying as I you know listened and and uh, just watched the game. But it's not fun to be curb stomped. And also, uh, I'm, I, it's it's not fun, but like, don't you just learn a lot? Like, I've been getting curb stopped a lot, and I just I I don't know. I'm so I'm so emotionally detached. I think Dead by Daylight's killed my emotional attachment to like needing to win. There's like a sort of an energy or like a, you know, it's like it, generally if you get pub stopped, it's not their fault that they beat. It's usually your fault that you got beat so bad. And it's like you know you just. Your need the need to win just gradually gets out of you as you get older. You, you yeah, do enough, yeah. you you after enough decades of playing things competitively, there is something fun for that. But then you realize it doesn't <clears> fucking <throat> matter. Like it, it's yeah. just like they... yeah. And this is the point. I play competitively. I'm like trying to win, but yeah. I'm completely not bothered by oh this game went south. Let's just re rack or do something. Else. Exactly. There's there. It's a good moment. I think people should cross that threshold. Or you try to win, but realize it doesn't fucking matter. Just calm the fuck down. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's because my list, or at least my one list, was was built was built for the memes, and yeah, yeah. it it 
I didn't feel right playing it because I, I know the, weak, the the absolute weaknesses of it, and I I face those weaknesses on a regular basis ever since I, I brought it out. I'll agree with you that with the scrambler, you we kind of it's not like a hard lock, but we give you have to take two lists and you play the three games with the two lists. And like mm -hmm. usually before you even play your first game, you're already regretting the two lists you made. So it's like to have to slog through three games with lists. You're kind of like we're all in the phase where we want to play something different every five minutes. So yeah. Yeah, or at least play something that feels like it may be competitive. <laughs> I don't yeah. know, man. I'm kind of more liberated the more meme I'm being. Exactly. I I'm, I'm the same way. Like, I've been it's on nice the, when yeah. the meme shit wins. Like I don't like bring garbage that I know will lose, but I also try not. You know, now that said, me being who I am, I still get invested sometimes. You know, and I hate that aspect of my personality. But in general, when that's not kicking me in the ass, like I try to bring fun stuff specifically so that I will be less upset with myself when I lose, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, also, it's like fun to warp the game around a specific set of win cons. Yeah. You know, it's like you have a list that's designed to kind of do a specific thing and it's kind of playing on a it's changing the rules of the game in a way, you know, depending on how meme it is. And so when you get it to work, it's hilarious. And oftentimes people just like take a caster that it completely invalidates, you know, like they're just like whole armies immune to cold or something, some sort of hang up that blows up your whole plan. But, um, you know, you have to take the good at the bad when you're memeing. I note when somebody's theory machining something like that and they're like, here's my gimmick. Here's a list I'm doing with this gimmick. When you're giving advice on those lists, the advice shouldn't be fuck your gimmick. Here's a list that I think's better just because it's more competitive. Yeah. Like, you're missing the point when you do that. Embrace the memes. Embrace the gimmick. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's the the running state. What if of... your main thrall spam list had mecha thralls instead? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I see that your entire list is built around everything having stealth, but those models are bad even though they have stealth. So you should do this thing instead. It's like the gimmick is obvious. If you're giving yeah. me advice that doesn't fit the gimmick, you are giving me bad advice. Yeah, like if they want to give you alternative stealth models or cute ways yeah. to do, you know, like, then there's like, yeah, there are people, and usually the, yeah. Yeah, it's like with my Colossal list, basically I was built a list on three Colossals. You, you should replace the, two of those Colossals with X, Y, and Z. With, with other be a troopers, better list. trooper models. And you know what? It might be a better list. Like, it might be a more competitive list. It might be a more successful list. You may be swapping out the caster, you know, but you want to run a list with three colossals. So any mm -hmm. advice that doesn't fit that is bad advice. Yeah. I will say that I railed against Andy's list, but I wanted him to change his caster and only his caster. Like, three colossals <laughs> was great. It's just literally everybody on the planet runs it better than who Andy wanted. Andy, Andy wanted... Uh, but, I mean, I get what Andy... You know, the, yeah. the, the, the shooting twice ability is pretty awesome. Yeah, I and I understand. I, basically, the, the the whole thing going about that is I was I originally built a list with Harkovich because that's that's who ran it before, and then ever since they added uh, Malkov, uh, Malkov has got I believe he he just got open fire. Yeah, and discombobulate. Well, and, he no, he had open fire, but it costed two, so nobody did it. Yeah, yeah. But they made it so it was cheaper, so it was basically the same same cost as broadsides, which was which Bart had. Not Bart. <laughs> Bart has broadsides, but Harkovich. Um, so my my theory of that was is 
with Malakov, I could do I, I a little bit more flexible in my activation order as compared to Harkovich, where every single turn, if I wanted to utilize him properly, I would have to go with him first, cast th a three focus spell for uh, to make him go faster, all the warjacks, and then also have them in position so they can be they can use broadsides. The one um, thing you did that almost made me change my mind on your tech was that open fire is also melee attacks, yeah. as opposed to only range attacks. That almost changed my mind, but <laughs> I don't think I don't think it gets over you not having a feat and using every other spell on your card and your battle plans. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I could I could backstab with a mortar. That's true. <laughs> but yeah, pretty much he was just there to be a flexible resource machine for three colossals and worked well in one match and worked worked horribly in all the other matches I've t taken him into. Uh, you know, like in my my second game of the scrambler, I just overcompensated with trying to make sure things were in position, which got them overextended and just scalped out by a very uh, smart Keith <laughs> who's playing a faction that he doesn't even I don't think he even wants to play them anymore uh, another thing I like about, about War Machine which is slightly a topic but I, I wanted to mention this earlier is I love the fact that I bought War Room you know years ago when I was playing and I you know I, I, I you know I don't play but they, it still gets updated with all the errata they still add everything to it so I could still open up War Room and it's still current with all the new cards everything's in there so it's just i mean i know, I know people like will make their list in like conflict chambers when they print it off or import it to, to whatever but it's just nice that like even someone who hasn't touched something in three years can still open it up and see everything new that's been added like uh, when i last played there wasn't crucible garb there wasn't you know the infernals there wasn't all this other you know all this stuff that didn't exist and it just pops in there because i paid i paid my my my, my all-in price you know five years ago so i just keep getting everything <laughs> it's, it's kind of nice to be able to just like walk yeah it. super nice that helps. I mean, I have to imagine that attempt some people to get pulled. Like some people could, could, could get yeah. pulled back in. I was about to like... say that. That makes it easy to bring you back, right? Yeah. So that's just a, a nice feature of how that works. Yeah, and they still have the overall rules for for uh, the game on uh, on their website too. Yeah. Well, I keep I kept looking at all the icons. I kept forgot. I was forgetting what the hell everything did. What does this What does this symbol mean again? Oh yeah, it's that. Whatever. War Room has all the rules in that super easy to access uh, PDF that loads quickly and to the correct page. Yep. <laughs> the PDF viewer is uh, troublesome, but you can always just download that directly to your phone and then just view it on the side. War Room also works very well when you minimize it. <laughs> it did take four years, like COVID, but. Uh... I remember like the last lock and load I went to was like 2015 and I think Joey and Colin, I used to just get in these like, so for me, what did the whole, what did all of war room cost? Was it 60, 70 bucks? I think it, I mean, I think it was like yeah, 80 it that, total. It wasn't, it wasn't that extreme. It was, yeah, it was somewhere between 60 and 70, somewhere in there. I, and I think that's where it ended up. I think when we first did it, we could buy it at 50 bucks. Like, I could swear I paid like 50 and then it went up in price. Like, yeah, like, I was oh, going to say 50 also, but... Yeah. 50 yeah. might have been it, for Mark II, and then Mark III, yeah. I think it was a little bit more. Yeah, but, but, like, you could upgrade fee or something for it. Yeah, yeah they, that's they, probably what it was. They Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. If you had Mark... If you had Mark the old one and you bought the new one it was only 50 bucks for like the whole thing which was like a cheaper buy-in um 
which is probably, I think that's what it actually was. So, but like Colin and Joey, I just remember arguing with them until I was blue in the goddamn face of like, it's a one-time cost. It's way better to just have everything. Like, wouldn't you just want to have everything? Like both of them, like Hem and Hod and like Colin only bought Signar and Scorn. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he didn't even buy minions. Uh, Joey only bought Legion and uh, Crix or something like that. It was so, it's so like, worth the everything just to be able to look at your yeah. opponent's stats. Because it's like 15 bucks for a faction. So they paid like 30 bucks and had two things. And so now we're getting back into the game and they're just like, both of them had to just buy the whole thing now. And I was like, idiots. I mean, <laughs> I get that it took <laughs> four years for them to have to learn it. But, um, but also it's just like, it's uh, for me, it's like, you know, just pay the max option, have access to everything, and support the company. Like, just it's like a load off my back, whatever. Like, because you know, it's hard to, like, you know, it's hard to get models from, you know, either I don't know. Sometimes you're buying like models you might buy secondhand or whatever. That's like what the one true way you can like direct to private to your press, pay them money, and have the whole. Even game, you know? when we, even when people didn't use War Room to track stuff very much, it was still nice just because you don't have to say, hey, can I see that card or can I see this card? Now you could just like casually look up their models and not have them know what you're what you're what you're like tracking down it was just nice to like not have to show your hand half the time yeah the classic uh what's your caster's defense or yeah yeah Yeah, i actually have like two different uh tablets that i have i have an ipad and uh, just a standard tablet i usually just keep my opponent's army on the second tablet i know you can just add them to your list but it just makes it makes it easier access for me Mm mm-hmm Cool. What else has everybody else been up to? He asks as if we don't do the same things with each other every single day. <laughs> every, <laughs> every day. Yeah, we're kind of like the COVID gang. We, we, I was thinking about that the other time. It's like, it's kind of interesting because, I mean, honestly, we didn't talk to Nigel a lot before. I mean, there was a, a gap there because I stopped playing War Machine, so I kind of lost touch with the like, Iowans and the Minnesotans. We and, talked uh, about you know, Nigel a lot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was all like that, that son of a bitch, Nigel. Right. But exactly. Then no. you know, come COVID, and suddenly we're playing video games seven days a week for, you know, two and a half years. <laughs> now, now if Nigel doesn't, now if like someone, one of us doesn't log on for half an hour, we think they're dead. It's like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, they're like somebody call. Yeah, exactly. Do, do we have any family like next to Ken? Who do we call? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like all day yesterday, we were like, where's where's Nigel? He's he's not logged into Grounded. What what's going on? Yeah, he's just busy working. He's just you know making the money. I mean, the other day, Andy, like, burped, and he was, like, quiet for 15 minutes. And we were like, do we need to send, like, do we need to send somebody for, like, a a welfare check on Andy's house? Like, who do we know that's near him? <laughs> yeah, but we're, yeah, we're all, we're all doing the grounded now. That's our, that's our current, although I will say February is going to, February is going to derail me into five games. Total War, Warhammer 3, I'm going to spend a, a while playing. Horizon West, I mean, you're, you're not going to see me very much for, like, a week. I just, I, I just got, I just got Lost Ark, which I might, I'm gonna dabble in Lost Ark. I don't Amongst know. Amongst all that other stuff, you you pick up a new MMO. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind, yeah. I, I mean, I'm not. You don't have enough time investment. Work has been really bad this week, so mm. I've been, I, I, I kind of stress bought it. I was just like, I was just like angry at work, and my outlet was to spend money on a video game. That was, that was, I bought it more because I was just stressed at work than I was with realism, realistic to, to buy it. It's like but, buying a board game you know it's never going to hit the table. Yeah, it kind of was that. I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to play it very much, but I was just so just, I was just so, work is just, if if someone punched me in the face all day for the last three days, I don't know what I'd be in worse shape for, work or just being punched all day. It, it, I feel like I've been emotionally punched just nonstop for three straight days. So 
I just <laughs> I just rage bought a video game. But even disregarding that, I mean, there's a lot of great games coming out. I mean, we're all obviously waiting for other games like the Evil Dead game in May. In May and... Yeah, I'm excited that I didn't, didn't uh, back a game on Kickstarter. I thought I, I thought I backed it, and then I went and looked, and I'm like, I didn't back it. I'm like, oh, awesome. Uh, nice. So, that, that's, that's exciting. Yeah, it's one less one less board game for me to collect. I have to log into Grunt so you guys can work in the base while I while I'm playing Horizon West for like a week. At You'll least have to like... leave it logged in while you're in Texas. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The thing is, I literally both the, both games. I'm really like Total War comes out the day before Texas, and I think the day I leave is when. The other game comes out so literally both games i've been waiting for for like a year come out and the freaking time work sends me to texas and of course it's my fault for volunteering when they talked when i talked about it but well it's at least yeah. a change of pace so I mean... yeah i'm looking i i think just being able to focus on one group of people instead of having to group on a bunch of stuff will will help and i think and i haven't and honestly i, I can have some southern food if, any, if there's anything nice if there's any like side anything i i, I wouldn't mind is just some good southern cooking Some good barbecue. Yeah. Why is he going to Texas? I can. I, I might. Well, I. I, I told. I. I want to fly through Iowa in one of the ways. So I can stop and say hi to Nigel for a few minutes, and then I, I might come back the same way. Or I might sneak through St. Louis for some barbecue. I haven't decided yet. <laughs> we could a great see. insult to the state of Texas. That when you're <laughs> yeah. leaving Texas, you're like, I need some. Good barbecue, so I'm gonna go to St. Louis. Well, I haven't had Texas barbecue. I mean, I know this how they the style is more of a rub. I, 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 I'm assuming I'm going to prefer the St. Louis style over Texas, but I'm gonna still, you know, I'm still gonna eat the Texas food because I'm in Texas. Say something kind of heretical. I don't, I don't actually, I don't care what it is. I, I, uh, I like Kansas City barbecue. I like St. Louis barbecue. Never had South Carolina barbecue, and I love Texas barbecue. I just like. I just like barbecue. I don't really like. Oh boy, once like I don't. Yeah, I don't I mean, understand. I, yeah. The, it's kind of like the pizza thing. Sure. I I like deep dish pizza a little more than like New York pizza, but generally I just like pizza. Like I don't really care. Like. Yeah, the pizza mm -hmm. I get is just a moon in that day. I, I I don't. But yeah, I I maybe I'll maybe I'll love. I don't know. But I mean, I'm I'm just happy to have some barbecue. End of the. I mean, I'm just happy to have some meat. <laughs> meat is good, you know. Yeah, being, being yeah, I'll be I'll be I'll be offline for nine man off the internet for nine days. I mean, I'll pro I'll probably log into Discord on my phone or on my computer down there just to like have communication with the with the world. But I, like when you're when you're offline for nine days, that's like you're you've been dead. You've been well gone for like a year in real life. It's just it's just like this nebulous well, time where you're just away. As we were saying though, too, you have to VPN into your home computer and turn on grounded so we can actually get into the game and do things. Yeah. I don't know if how like we'll make sure we pick up your back. Oh no, we can't pick up your backpack. So you have to put all of your items into chests. So when you die of starvation or whatever it is, then sure. they don't yeah, break. My, yeah, because my character definitely will die of yeah. Starvation. So yeah, <laughs> too bad. Too bad I can't like put it by a dewdrop. He's like he's like you just like force feed him water every every little while. <laughs> Walk by and shove water in him. Yeah. No, just, you know, just VPN to your character so we can play. <laughs> we'll just get back into Valheim while he's gone. He'll come yeah. back and go, like, all right, guys, I'm ready for the broodmother. We're like, fuck that noise. We're back into Valheim. Yeah. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm excited to go back to Valheim once they get the the, the next area opened up. Is there a, a plan for when that's supposed to happen? 
It'll probably happen. They're they're updating the mountain biodome soon, and probably the next two months. When I say soon with Valheim, it's like a two month window. And then they are taking their sweet time, which more power to them. Yeah. Well, they have a bigger crew now, so part of their team is working on the mountain cave. They're putting mountain caves and new resources and stuff into the mountains just to enhance it a little bit. And then they have that Mistlands that they've been working on for a while. I expect Mistlands sometime middle to late summer. That's my, if I were to guess, I would say late summer where they're going to have the mountains and the, and the, and the Mistlands done. And I, I, I imagine it'll suck us in because we had a lot of fun in Valheim. I mean, I think that style of game is just fun to play with people. Sometimes it's just cat. It's nice to have a cat. I mean, we have we we have some of our fun in Dead by Daylight, you know that that's a that's a love hate sort of a relationship we have. I think it's always fun to play with play with friends, even even if we're running into like a super sweaty killer, where it's you know it it's still fun to play with friends. I don't know. I, I think I think listening to our, our 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 chat sometimes, I don't think people are having fun. <laughs> I think. <laughs> yeah, I guess when I feel like I'm the first hooked, first dead. The issue is, is that if each of us enjoys it three games out of three days out of four, and you get like one bad day out of four, that means that mathematically speaking, every day one of us isn't having fun. <laughs> I am much more accepting to the shit. I think I think Nigel's reached that point too, where I don't care if I'm being camped or tunneled anymore. It's just the killers are gonna do that, and it's accepted by too many of them. So it is yeah. what it is. So it's just like they're gonna tunnel me out. Okay, I'm gonna watch YouTube for a few extra minutes while everyone else plays or whatever. Like, I'm just, I'm just gonna watch my other monitor. I'm not even gonna like. Be, I mean, I can't, I can't be mad at that. It's like I, if I'm be mad at that, I have to go. I have to go outside and be mad at that. that there's air outside. Like at some point, you have to accept the bullshit, and it, it is bullshit. But it's just, it's just it part really of the, it. Yeah. <laughs> Yesterday, uh, Andy, Joey, and I were playing, so you know, you know, that was a lot of fun. And um, we had a rando who was just hiding in lockers for like 45 minutes after every hook because barbecue and chili, I think it exposes your aura for the remainder of the game, right? So you have to stay in the locker for that long. Six um, seconds, one of the two. Yeah, one of the two. Uh, and, and so I counted the time the, when I was hooked, she was in there for 20 seconds. And it's like, and again, in the end game chat, they're like, well, you know, barbecue. I'm like, whatever. So the point is, after enough of that shenanigans, I just started following that person around, making as much noise as I could just to get us killed. Because, you know, yeah. you just got to find the joy where you can. Oh, yeah. <laughs> find, yeah. Taking the rat uh, Randall with you is, is definitely a, a key move we, we, we can pull out sometimes. Yeah. Cause it's can... almost a mini game to see if you can make friends with the killer. Like, if the, you know, the yeah, killer sometimes you... is like, oh, he's trying to leave me. You're, you're, you become like Lassie. And he's like, Actually, it's like two lassies. You're like a smaller lassie, and he's a big lassie, and you're both trying to communicate. That you're like, she's in a locker. She's in a locker, and he's like, without without verbally cueing, he like, where, where, where? Leave me the locker. And that's a gamble though, because some killer players, they're like, oh, you rat, you ratted out your friend. I'm gonna give them the hatch because you know you're the so. Yeah, luckily that's rarer than the other way, but it it does it is a risk. It do, yeah. it does happen occasionally, but I think sometimes the killer, like the smart killers, you know that when they when they're oh like oh that person I haven't seen all game that that's the son of a bitch and they they just like no. <laughs> yep, you get that little survivor justice going when you can direct yeah. the killer. And it feel but it feels so good when it works when you when you when you when you get the rat caught you just like oh you like it almost it almost makes your day worth it. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. I mean, we have we have like fifth we all have like fifteen hundred hours plus. We're, we're I think some of us are getting are getting close to two thousand hours in Dead by Daylight. It's absurd. 
it's definitely i think i think it's my most played i think i think i've i've, I've played more dead by daylight than like borderlands 2 i think only i think only wow has more play time than uh than this it's, it's really weird uh, the cool thing about dead by daylight is it gives you perspective because it's tracking your hours and i've always been fascinated by the malcolm gladwell like ten thousand hours to become a prodigy and something um sort of uh quote and i always i'm like well okay at 40 hours a week times whatever you can like break it down and it's like anybody can be a master in anything in like a year and a half and like we've been playing this for like two years and we're like two thousand hours in it's like oh my god like ten thousand hours is a lot of hours to like master violinist or pianist or whatever um that is a commitment that's like an actual but the fact that we're even a fifth of that deep in a game that we're quite quite mediocre at <laughs> yeah so, i mean i mean and when we and we, when we face someone who occasionally has seven thousand hours like we feel i mean we feel that difference that person just destroys us typically yeah yeah or occasionally the game is stupid and gives us some like baby killer like we the things we do to that killer is just unfair that yeah. can, oh. so there's that some words where you can kind of poor death huntress yeah oh i know that's yeah that, that one is... was that, that was such a feels bad yeah, I, I felt bad already because I thought we did, you know, we, we annihilated this poor baby killer. Uh, they, they got like one hook the whole game, I think, or, or yeah. zero. Did they get any hooks? I don't know if they got uh, any hooks. I, they might have gotten zero hooks the whole game. Like we annihilated him and I was feeling really bad by the end. Like Nigel actually ran back in to try to suicide to, you know, give this Same. person something. And the, he couldn't even get that because they were hiding. And then in chat, the person's like, I'm deaf. I can't hear anything. <laughs> and it's like, good Lord. That's yep. Kudos to you for for trying to make it work, right? Like for wanting to play this game that definitely is an audio based game. It's like the when you see those articles about people with no hands who like learn to play Street Fighter with their feet. Yeah, this this game is is very audio orientated. So I mean, you're you're listening for breathing from from survivors hiding in a bush. I mean, it's things like that. And this person was. I mean, all they had is the visual cues of, of noise happening in the game, and visual cues in that game are not very good, generally, unless you're looking directly towards what's making the noise. So, yeah. It was... It's funny, like, after that game, like, thinking about how many things, like, stuff like Spies from the Shadows is a trash perk because all it does is take an audio cue and turn it into a visual cue, and it's like, you know, for some people, that's a huge deal. Yep. The Spies from the Shadows basically where crows will kind of yeah. make an explosion noise with this, their symbol next to it, kind of where a survivor disturbed them. I was thinking about it a little bit too, like, I'm like, man, they really need to make a mode so that, you know, to make it like handy capable or accessible, you know, to like, it made me think about it a bit and it became an odd experiment because the more you made the game accessible, the more people who didn't need it would use it. Yeah. Um, that, was, that was their argument against colorblind mode forever. They yeah. were like, oh, if we do that, people will abuse it. And it's like, you know, well, fucking people need this. Yeah. But I, I thought about it as like, what if they made a disabled, you know, disability mode or whatever, um, and it would be like the killer played in third person but had no audio. So he had no audio. So, you know, you could choose to play in third person and have all the, you know, field of view and advantages that entails, but then you have no audio whatsoever. But be like, so, you know, that way, if you were deaf, you could play pretty reasonably, I would think. And even, in, and players could choose to then play in, like, silence. But then, uh, you know, maybe they're, because, 
first person field of view, especially if you're a survivor main and killer can be really uncomfortable. Like you just miss your, it's like shocking the stuff you don't see and how different your view is. And along those lines, but different because obviously this is a multiplayer online game, but I have over time reached the point where I am firmly entrenched in the opinion that every game that is a single player game should have an accessibility style menu that lets you change everything. Fuck it. You know, yeah. if, the, if the next Dark Souls game, if I want to make it so that I take no damage ever, the enemies all instantly die if I glance at them, I run a million miles an hour. I paid for the game. Yeah. let me do that right yeah. and more and more games like control and celeste and stuff like that are making that you know even like uh what was it um there was like one of those underwater spooky games where they just made it where you could just make all the enemies yeah passive yeah. Oh, man, and they would just stand there there's a somnus or something like that yeah, like, i think it is yeah. yeah fuck it let let them like what do you care how somebody else plays the game there's no reason for dark souls to not have an easy mode there's no reason yeah. for invincibility one hit kills i should be able to toggle all that shit in every game ever well, they even high yeah. jumps. Let me. I gave you sixty bucks. And a lot of these games aren't even like calling it easy and like tough guy mode. It's just yeah. different modes. It's not like oh, you're this important person <laughs> because you beat a game at a higher difficulty. Mm -hmm. They're trying to take that away because some people think that beating a game at a harder difficulty means something. It just means you you're playing it at a higher. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah, like, it doesn't mean maybe anything. maybe you're getting more enjoyment out of it, and good for you if you're getting more enjoyment. That's all you can hope for in anything. And it and it does mean something. It's just it doesn't mean it doesn't. It does mean something. It means it's an expression of skill. So if you want to play it on hard mode and express your skill, that's great. And if you're a streamer or a speedrunner or any of those things, th those modes that make it easy don't change any of those things that make it impressive. Like, just because yeah. somebody can play it on the easiest settings humanly possible doesn't make it on its most difficult less impressive. <laughs> you know, that's the weird, that's like the bizarre toxic thing that people are doing is like doing this like projection of. Yeah, and you're right that that doesn't even change. Like, if you don't want Dark Souls to have an easy mode because, you know, I beat it on hard, on the, the mode it has, therefore, you know, I earned my victory, and if somebody had easy mode, they hadn't earned their victory. Well, they earned it on a different mode as you. So your EP doesn't have to be affected. You are still better, quote-unquote, in your eyes than this person who beat it on easy mode, the same way that you're better in your eyes than somebody who currently can't beat it at all. The only thing that's changed is that other person got to have a little bit of joy in their fucking life because they beat this game they wanted to beat. Mm -hmm. Yep. And yeah. Some it, games it, like you bounce it up. Like some games you can you can jump from easy to hard as you go. Like I've had games where I play. I, I usually play it whatever the default difficulties. I, I just go to default and whatever. And then maybe, but I like games where you can like change as you go. Or you go okay, this you know because you know. Sometimes you know you get to a certain boss and the gimmick is annoying. You're like, okay, well this boss is dumb. And if you're stuck in the difficulty, mm -hmm. all your only option is to grind it through or start over. But games you can be like, okay, well this boss sucks. Put it to easy, finish that boss, go to the next boss, you know, put it back to where you're more comfortable by it, and then play the game. You know, it just lets you continue on with your day. And there are people who would be like, yeah, but you would have been much, you would have found much more reward if you had played, if you'd beat that boss, if you had struggled. It's like, no. That's not like you just stop right there. <laughs> like you would have had more reward. Exactly. <laughs> Nobody yeah. else would have, you know. Yeah. Maybe you find that joy. Like I, I see these people. Like there's these games like the Getting Over It, the Betty F Bennett Foddy game, and Jump King and stuff like that. These games are frustration simulators. All yeah. they are is that you you grind your head up against a brick wall for a hundred hours, and eventually the brick wall gives away. And mm -hmm. for some people, that moment is the most rewarding thing on the planet. They find more joy in beating something they've been trying to beat for a, literally hundreds of hours to get like a single fucking jump. They love it, right? 
you see these people playing like Mario hacks, and they'll be playing the same level for a hundred fucking hours to beat this twenty second long level because it's that hard. More power to you if that brings you joy. But if it's a mandatory like level within a game and it's not bringing me joy, but the next level might, let me fucking get to that next level. I'm different than you, and that's okay. I don't find yeah. joy in that face grinding monstrosity. It's okay that you do. It's okay that I don't. It is bothersome to me. Is like like Super Meat Boy is being my big example. Is I enjoyed playing the shit out of that game. That final board was one of the most frustrating boards I've ever done in my entire life. I made it through it, but. I still had more fun in the overall game than I did on that final board, even though I probably spent the most time on that board. Yeah, and, and the big test is, like, you know, when you have one of those frustrating levels on that final board, and, like, when you beat that level, was your reaction, oh, fuck yeah, I beat that level, woo, pumping your fists, you're like, oh, fucking finally, Jesus, shit, <laughs> fucking level, you know? Exactly. And that's and the difference. And some games they'll play that. And some and some games are just badly designed where they have terrible like curve jumps up and down in difficulty. Like most of the game is one level difficulty, but then for some reason the next board is just extra difficult because they didn't they didn't design it well. And then you know I, I look back at a game and go, well I enjoyed most of that game, but that one level was took 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 like an extra four hours of my life, and it it, it wasn't it wasn't rewarding. So it was like it was, it was I would have called it a great game, but that one level was so kind of just depressing that I I'm it's it's an okay game. Like I can I I have like thought of less of, of some games less because they just have one chunk that's just bizarrely hard for no reason compared to the rest of the game mm-hmm. not being able to tweak that is always frustrating i mean and like sometimes it's not even just bizarrely hard but it'll be like a different gimmick that maybe some people enjoy more than others you know mm-hmm. like oh you got to the escort mission part of the game you know some people are gonna yeah. fucking hate that and some people are gonna think oh well that's the fun part i enjoyed this yeah, mm-hmm. yeah i immediately thought of like any boss fight mechanic that has like a jumping puzzle it mixed mm-hmm. in with the boss fight you know whether it's an mmo or whatever if if it's a core mechanic that is like there's a jumping puddle I, I remember that like ruined destiny like just absolutely i hated destiny so much because like there were just a few boss fights with the jumping puzzles aspects of the boss fights were yeah it's like you have to jump into the green zone so you, everybody has to be in the green zone if you're one second it, off then it's, it's a full wipe it, it's not the jumping in the it's not even the zone i mean it's like Super Mario, so it's like imagine having to jump into the green zone, but the green zone is on a, a the last type that's floating in space that you'll die if you miss it. You know, like it's a, so it's like yeah. uh, there's a you know the, the World of Warcraft uh, you know play Simon says stuff is fine even though it's like tedious, but like actual Super Mario jumping puzzles in a boss fight is like where I get to be like frustrated. Yeah, and, I, and I would agree with I would agree with that. Like, yeah, it's, I mean, <laughs> I, I don't mind the do a zone, do this, do that. Sometimes it's, it can be very fun, but yeah, the fact that you add in like, okay, now now literally jump on platforming while doing a boss. And, and some of those games where you have to introduce, you're playing online, you, you know, not only it can be annoying, but then you have to, you, you, you get to add lag into the scenario. You know, yeah. it, just, it just makes it, you know. Well, in a lot of games, most people have a, people have like a, a skill set that they're good at, like whether it's Dark Souls, whatever. They're like, they're good at one-handed weapons and like barrel rolling. Well, everybody has to be good at barrel rolling in Dark Souls, but <laughs> like, uh, you know, they have like a skill set that the way they like to play the game. And then if you add like a jumping puzzle component, well, that's like a skill set maybe they avoid. Like they don't do all the jumping aspects of the game if they can avoid it. So then forcing them to have to do the thing they don't like doing is like, uh, sort of annoying. But yeah, so on those fights, you just turn the difficulty way down so you can kill the boss quick. So I have to, you can focus on the jumping around part, and then uh, you know, then you move on. Yep. Yeah. 
circuitously it kind of is alarming it also paralleled to the earlier conversation about people giving you advice on war machine was like it's sort of a symptom of the same it's like it's like a symptom of the same disease when someone's doing that because they're kind of in a weird way gatekeeping like if you're like hey i've got this meme i want to play it i want to engage the game in a way that like makes it fun for me and they're like you must have no joy you must only engage it in the way i do <laughs> like it's sort of a similar like i guess nerds just want to do that regardless of what they're doing yeah probably true do we have any zappity grumbles today no no zappity grumbles just just uh just was throwing it together so we can actually start recording the podcast on a regular basis sure shame james couldn't make it this time he 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 told i saw him the other day and he said he wants to be on another podcast yeah we can definitely get james in one of these times the problem is though is he works too much like a fool yeah mm -hmm. so i mean we could pretty much just jump to recommendations we can draw that out for a little Back bit. <laughs> You've yeah, he, Nigel been binge watched the whole thing. Like like, like, I a, man, like, like a like a cool person. I never read the books. I I knew that the books were like dude like male wish wish fulfillment fantasy stuff like, uh, and so I watched the movies because I knew that the guy was like a giant stupid idiot, and then they had Tom Cruise, and then I ended up loving. Totally turned out. So I watched it to like meme and like uh, shot and Freudianly like experience the joy in people losing their mind because it's like it doesn't adhere to the books and then ended up unironically loving it because tom cruise was amazing and then there's the fun the stories are good good shit kicking fun you know if you like roadhouse or any of those classic just over the top stupid you know action movies uh and but in a good way it's like it just it doesn't it doesn't uh, insult your intelligence you know it's like it's obviously hammy and, and hilarious but it's awesome and then uh the show is just like more of the same if you like the movies you'll like the show and if you like the books you like the show and the show kind of hits everybody's tickles their fancies tickles their fancies uh, yeah i i started it with watching it with a friend and my friend uh sometimes, sometimes they they just poo poo it i pre-poo pooed it before he did because i i just i expected it to be expected him to poo-poo it <laughs> yeah um, well, don't pre-poo-poo stuff yeah well don't watch it 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 was kind of hard to see the main character who is uh, i mean jack reacher it, it was hard to see him being that character because the actor that portrayed him played such a dumbass in the last things that i've seen him in which was like yeah. blue mountain state and uh, I mean, it was hard. It was hard actors, to actors are they're acting there. There's something different every time. You can't be like, oh, that guy was serious now. Now he's in a comedy. That makes no sense. <laughs> it's the art of the. the, the... Yeah, I understand. <laughs> I'll, I'll watch it. It's it'll be something to check out. My recommendation is someone needs to tell me what I should get for an audiobook because if I'm if I'm, I'm going to be in a car for 19 fucking hours. I haven't I haven't determined I haven't decided what audiobooks I'm going to download yet as far as like uh, what novels I'm going to like listen to. I'm half tempted I'm half tempted to get Wheel of Time. Okay, but, uh, we're going to rule some things out. We already ruled out uh, Russell and Buzz's Big Fat Idiot or any kind of like normal like you know nonfictional type 
yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, but, I'm, I'm looking for fiction, to be honest. Yeah, 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 I, I don't, exactly. I don't want, I don't want real, real world stuff depresses me. And yeah, I'll drive yeah. off into a cliff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So Let's just but, drive into the Grand to, Canyon. What I wanted to hone in on was uh, what other things besides fantasy or slash sci-fi. So like, because uh, uh, I'm like a huge horror podcast guy. Um, you know, I, that's tempting. I, I haven't listened. I mean, I I've read a lot. I've, I've read a lot of horror in my time, not yeah. recently, but I do like horror. Yeah, genre. So horror, when done well, is uh, keeps you awake. But then horror, when done poorly, makes you drive off the side of the road sleeping. Sure. So I think because you know it's like NPR. That's kind of the case of any audiobook. If it's not riveting, yeah. uh, your brain your brain just gets more turned on. Like the the just the guy talking in that like generically pleasant voice or whatever will make you just go to sleep or whatever well that's why like the Dresden Files has such a good guy who does the books like, he's so he's so animated when he does everything he's like he's so into it that it, it helps yeah. but are you saying are, you saying are these horror podcasts where they talk about horror or are they like trying to like actually tell you horror it, it's, stories it's full story so like you know if you just literally need content that's like exciting and the cool thing is that they range from like 20 minutes I could like recommend like 8 different uh, podcasts that are you know, the, you, the episodes are range between 20 minutes to 45 minutes to sometimes as long as 90 minutes. And it's kind of great for like a trip like that because it's like you're re you're getting a whole story in 20 minutes and then it's done and out. So like your brain's completely engaged because you're just wrapping your head around what's going on and then you get the payoff because they're all, you know, anthology type shorts, you know, yeah. but they're they all have that Twilight Zone sort of riveting payoff, you know, so just like over and over and over. It's just, for me, it's like my go to like super easy content because it just uh, and then there are some people that do it well knife point horror although he is a little bit sleepy uh, as a like his his voice is like you can listen to him as ambient noise in the background and go to sleep to him but um, uh, Dr. No Sleep is great and then um, horror Jason Hill's Horror Hill and then Chilling Tales on a Darkest Stormy Night those are like four just super good ones like they have just great stories well written super you know, gives you goosebumps. Like when you're driving, you just want those goosebumps. You you want to be like, you want to see drift. You want to imagine drifters coming in the headlights because you're just shitting your pants. Like you can't go to sleep if you're constantly worried about getting killed by a drifter. Mm -hmm. That is interesting. Like, like I always think of podcasts as just like talking about things, not like actually telling you a story. Like yeah, I just think of, I mean a podcast that adds value is always a, a bizarre idea to me. <laughs> yeah. They're almost like those old time radio dramas. You know yeah. where they that that those those are available. That's what well, that's, that's what it reminds me because they they do the yeah. sound effects and everything like the horse mm -hmm. clapping noises and stuff. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. yeah. Well, send me some of those names in, in Discord. Okay. I got look in a couple of them. Yeah. I I might I might do I might even do like that part of the trip. I'll still probably get a book as a backup just to have a have at least one book. But that's generally I'm definitely tempted by that as well. My my yeah. recommendation for you then, Brian, is you should see if there's an audio book of of the Hitcher. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna. <laughs> Aside from the obvious, you should just listen to all the Dune books. Um, I was going to recommend Artemis, which I think I've mentioned before, but that's a sci-fi novel by the guy who wrote The Martian, and the audiobook of it is really, really good. It's uh, Rosario Dawson actually does it, and she uh, does a good job. But I really enjoyed that book. It's basically like a, a film noir detective movie, but on the moon. Hmm. Artemis Fowl? Nope, just Artemis. <laughs> is it Artemis from the from? Uh, Isn't he a Greek? Always, guy? always sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's her bleaching her asshole on the moon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. But yeah, I'll, 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 yeah, that's intriguing. I just it's gonna be a lot. It's gonna be a lot of time on the on the car, so I just wanted to 
think about. Speaking of horror, which ties into Brian's, and speaking of Willa Fitzgerald, who is in Jack Reacher and was also in the TV adaptation of this thing that I'm going to recommend, uh, I recommend Scream, which it's been long enough since we podcasted that this movie that came out a month ago came out after the last episode we recorded. But Scream uh, 5. Yeah, it's well, like all of the two weeks ago. So the yeah, most yeah. recent one was Scream 5, uh, which is really, really good. But the series in general, so I really enjoyed Scream 5. It, it was a lot of fun. It, it held true to the, the positives, the strengths of the series as a whole, calling out its own tropes, but not in an annoying way, being self-referential. Like Scream 5 is not called Scream 5. It's just called Scream because it's a soft reboot sequel combo thing, which are all the rage. And, of course, because it's a Scream movie, it knows that it's a soft sequel reboot thing and so it knows it should be called scream instead of scream five so like all these little things are intentional it also has the smartest info dump for new slash returning viewers that i've ever seen in a movie the first scene was super clever with the way that they handled making sure that you remembered the things you needed to remember from the previous movies um but also just the series in general i i re-watching the scream movies in preparation for this one and then watching this one again has made me like this probably overly excited proselytizer about the Scream franchise because I think people, when you mention slashers people think of Texas Chainsaw, or not Texas Chainsaw Massacre, that's a little less but um, they think of Halloween, they think of Nightmare on Elm Street, they think of Friday the 13th um, and these big things but Scream people are just like, meh, yeah, yeah I mean I remember the first one was really good meh. but like, it's a good fucking series, like the worst Scream movie is still a pretty damn good movie it, it, it doesn't have the yeah, the scream is just all five scream movies are are fun. I mean, they're not. Yeah, they are. They are. It's a good run. It's they. You can't find many horror movies, and even if you don't like one of them that much, usually I, I don't know anyone who who's too unhappy with them. But you know, yeah, I really enjoyed this newest one, uh, which I was worried about because you know it's it's January and fuck you, it's January is a thing where all the bad movies just get dumped into the theaters. But uh, yeah. pleasantly surprised, it was super good. And I if mean, you haven't given the series a chance past the first one because everybody watches the first one because it's, like, required viewing uh, and then whatever, like, watch them all. They're good. They don't exactly insult your intelligence, and that's probably why I think they're they're fairly solid. I like horror movies where people fight back a little bit. Like I, I just like a little bit of because I, I feel like that's always in, in the screen movies. There's always a little bit of give and take with the with the with the with the, every screen movie has give and take throughout it, which I, I just like that element. Yeah, even the people who who die to go space usually get a few good hits in. That guy works for his kills. Yeah, yeah exactly. He's a hard worker. I, I I appreciate the effort he puts into it. The the first one he, he gets beat up. Well, both of them get beat up. Oh, spoilers! Shit, get beat up so much in the. In every scream movie, yeah. every yes. ghost face gets beaten up a lot. Like they get fucking bookshelves dropped on them. They get shot. They get like like shit happens to. They yeah. worked. They work for a living. Yeah, <laughs> they get a good kill. They 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 bring home the bacon. But yeah, they they take they get some bruises along the way. They put in the you know they put in a full forty. Yeah. <laughs> Andy, it was my my recommendation. I'm gonna recommend. Uh, I I might have done it before, but the, but the Blaster Master series. I've been playing the shit out of uh, Blaster Master Zero. Um, I just learned, like, about a month ago that uh, Blaster Master Zero 3 came out over the summer of 2021, and I had no idea. So It's I, been a blur. Yeah. So I ended up playing Blaster Master Zero 1, 2, and 3 all together. Um, 
the storyline of the game, very similar to the storyline in Blaster Master, which is an old NES game, makes no fucking sense. A boy and his pet frog, his pet frog escapes, goes down a hole, and then he goes and follows that frog there, and he finds a tank that he can drive around, and then there's a bunch of mutants. I think it's even dumber. I think he already has the tank, and I think he just gets in the tank to go follow his frog down a hole. In, in Blaster Master Zero Three or Zero One, that's yeah. I think in the original NES one, they already had the tank. So if he finds the tank in the hole, I think that... He finds the oh. tank in the hole. Yeah, okay. <laughs> There's an image of it. Yeah. Um, also, funny. that story wasn't added... It wasn't in the original Japanese version of it, of Blaster Master. That, that was added for the American audiences. <laughs> but it's... Sense. It's a it's a very good, well done, uh, old school kind of platforming uh, action action game, with a little Metroidvania. I mean, it, it technically Blaster Master predates Metroidvania. Um, it doesn't pre predate Metroid games, but it it still has the you know you, in order for you to access things in Area Four, you might have to get stuff in Area Two, and stuff like that. Um, well, and more importantly, is that like you'll be in Area Two for a while then you'll go forward to area three and that'll give you something that gets you back to area two to even more stuff so you go back and forth and back and forth and get more and more right yep yep but uh it's uh zero two and three uh zero one is basically kind of like a soft reboot of blaster master but it still keeps the same graphics um but doesn't have the any nes uh issues with you know, in terms of quality and stability of the game, where it doesn't slow down because there's too many enemies on the board. Um, it's just you still throw a grenade, pause, and they all take damage during the pause screen. No, because that's the only way little Nathan could beat that game. <laughs> on every other boss. Yeah, it's got an amazing theme. Yeah, like the music, the score for that game is pretty legendary. Yeah. Uh, it, it's it's all done by Sunsoft. There's some like remixes of the of the original score from the NES in the in Zero. Um, yeah, they're they're just they're just really fun. Um, you can get them, I believe, through Steam. You can get the Zero games. Um, otherwise, they're available on Switch, and you know, Switch is just perfect for those type of little mini games. I think um, my Switch on my trip, but I, I never I, ne I never play my Switch outside my house. It's kind of hard to play your switch when you're driving then too so well but i mean i'm gonna be my goal is that when i'm there i'm gonna have like five nights in the hotel i'm i, I i'm not when i go on work trips when i'm done with work i try very hard not to socialize with the people where i'm at i just want to like leave them and go sit in the hotel and just like not have to work mm -hmm. and when i go when i go on these trips i've gone on trips with other co-workers who all they want to do is socialize afterwards and sometimes when they're my manager i have to take along and i just absolutely hate that but in this case, I have full control of my free time, so I'll be in the hotel room just sitting there a lot. You should load up grounded so we yeah, can... I just say, bring your laptop. I have a desktop. My laptop is a work computer. I can't put grounded on there. I, I, I have a Surface Pro that's four years old. I, I, I could try to turn grounded on. I'm not sure what would happen. I could install grounded on my... I, I have an extra laptop you can use. <laughs> just using Wi-Fi from hotels. Yeah. <laughs> So your I'm... laptops are all 17 years old. Like your laptops, you know, no. are like my last my last two laptops. Uh, the the other one I just bought like within the last year, two years. I just for, got my uh, tech, back, my credit cards in zero. I could just go buy. I could just go buy the laptop. I could just go buy the computer. Yeah. yeah. I'm debt free. I have time to add some debt. 
None of us recommended Peacemaker. That's a shame. It's a good show. Yeah, we didn't. The finale is tomorrow, isn't it? Tomorrow? No, no there's two more Peacemakers. Two more? Okay. Yeah. Well, that's fine. Uh, my recommendation was to give me information, which you guys all did, which was helpful. Peacemaker is mm-hmm. great, though. Yeah. Good yeah. job. So I watched job. a James Gunn interview today, uh, and something I didn't realize is when he, like, he didn't send episode eight of Peacemaker to HBO Max. He, he kept that one behind. Like, they still don't have it. Because he wanted to make sure nobody saw it. There could be no leaking or anything. He, he said, you know, that's part of the deal. I'm making the show. It's eight episodes. The eighth one I will literally, like, deliver after the seventh one. Like, it's not going to be there ahead of time because I want to be 100% certain that nothing ever gets out. <laughs> that's cool. Fun, yeah. Fun trivia it's for cool. You. It's probably the one show I care the least of what spoilers on. Yeah. But it is kind of, I, I, I appreciate the, the effort he's putting in, though. <laughs> yeah, I, honestly... It, it probably as a global recommendation for the podcast you should just watch peacemaker it's if, if anything you should go and check out the intro sequence because even with just that sequence alone is oh, so good pretty confident in my future here in case i miss the next podcast i'll be i'll be i'll be i'll be i'll be recommending total war warhammer 3 and horizon zero west those are guaranteed uh recommendations for future brian oh man it's gonna be so sad if they're bad I will burn down. You know, I'm actually, I'm kind of over games disappointing me. Horizon Zero West would probably still disappoint me if it was bad. Like, I could get over Total War being bad. I've Total War games at launch are notoriously questionable. So, like, mm-hmm. even if that comes out of the gate bad, it wouldn't hurt. And I, but like, Last of Us Two and like Mass Effect Three have taught me that games can suck, even if they're even if they're supposed to be good. But Horizon Zero West One was so good; it's still kind of in my mind. They can't possibly do as bad as uh, they, they they can't screw this up because it's obviously going to be good. Because the first game might be my favorite game of all time. It's, it's definitely it's definitely S tier of all games I've played in my life. And I I can never rank games because there's the time is too different. But it's definitely in the S tier category. Hmm. Yeah. At at the worst. All right. Well, awesome. Well. Uh... My my personal goal in a, is to try to get episodes every two weeks from here I on I believe out. in us. It's it's really a matter of then if Andy feels okay to, to record that day. But uh, we'll try to see if we can get something going for every two weeks because it we, has been like a month and two weeks be, since we last posted an episode. Good. Well, you know it happens. I believe in us. We'll be recording two weeks from now, no problems, give or take a day. Give or take a day. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Awesome. All right. Thanks, I... guys. For I will probably just log off and log right back into Grounded after this. <laughs> now I gotta go watch Bobby Fats. Oh yeah. Yep. That's all with that. That's been a that's been a show. Yeah, maybe we'll talk about that next episode because all of us will have watched it by then. Oh, no. Or maybe not. (laughs) Oh, no. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Right. Bye-bye. How do I stop recording?